Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. Is wrapping cheese in bacon and then consuming it a violation of one of the Lord's Ten Commandments? It should be. Coming to you almost live from the land of tasty delights, this is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. We are your tasty hosts. Yo, I can feel a Rob Ford joke coming on about having plenty to eat at home. Fair enough. The only people who could accurately answer that question, Scott, are people who have licked us. People who have licked me, number in the hundreds. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to answer that question for religious reasons fair enough don't worry it's not a violation of god's 10 commandments but it may be a violation of the charter of rights and freedoms it most likely is yes and i can think of a few doctors who might have a problem with cheese wrapped in bacon and i can think of a few hr managers who would have a problem with people licking you if there are hr managers (laughs) like that i don't want to know them fair enough well welcome to the second episode of the fifth season of the best podcast in the city of edmonton well the first runner-up for best podcast in <laughs> oh, yeah, the city that's of edmonton right. for two years running it's true actually while we were on our break uh not scott and i but the podcast scott and i everything's good with us we were we were busy we were, we busy. were not on a break we, but the podcast was on a break that's right but while we were on that break, uh, View Weekly published its Best of Edmonton issue once again, yep. as they do uh, probably annually. I, would I, think. I, I think that's the case. Yeah, yes. good for them. I mean, you gotta you got to have something to fill the pages, I suppose. It's true. I'm joking, of course, because it is probably one of their more popular issues. Uh, yes, and, and people all around the city do, in fact, uh, visit their website and vote on what they think is the best of blank in Edmonton. And when they were asked, what is the best podcast in Edmonton, the Unknown Studio was not first. No. We were, however, first runner-up. That's correct. And that'll be the second year in a row, I guess. I believe so, yes. Yeah. So uh, who was who was at the front again? Was it the movie jerks again? It sure was. Those jerks. They are knowledgeable about movies. They're a force to be reckoned with. Uh, they cheat. How, how do they cheat? They uh, play to a university demographic. And oh. the university demographic, A, likes to go online and vote on stuff. And B, uh, our views basically target audience. So Yeah, fair enough. Um, um, I don't think we're, maybe we're just not doing enough to promote the show. Or doing enough to reach out to the university audience. That's true. This is this is not to dump on the movie jerks. They're no. cool guys. They have a good podcast. And, and they came by their first place quite legitimately. Yes, yeah, so we're not uh, we're not mad at them. We're mad at the citizens of Edmonton. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> no, no, that no. is the case. You know what? Uh, it's great to great to be named as runner up. We're pretty excited about it, and uh, and you know we're glad just to be back. Yes, in the studio. Uh, while we were away, there was another accolade that came our way, uh, but more specifically, came your way. Oh yes, uh, from Avenue Magazine, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Yes, I was named one of the top forty under forty. That's right. Um, uh, I don't know how hard it is to do, 
I, I, because one of the requirements is simply your age. Yep. So, so I was, a you sh- are under 40. I was a shoe in for that one. Uh, and apparently they, uh, found my actual age and realized that I was clearly disqualified. Oh yes. Pretty yeah. much right there. No, so. I know. Scott is actually 63 years old. That's right. I'm, I look very good for my age. Yeah. And, and sound very good. But, uh, am not eligible based on my extreme seniority. It's true. And, and unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword because I am too old to win that award, but look too young to qualify for any seniors' discounts anywhere it, in the it's, city. It's really quite unfair. It, to it you. is. Um, but yes, it was nice to be recognized for the things that I do, um, and you know, I was listed among some pretty amazing people. So yes. So as accolades go, hooray for me and for us and for us because the Unknown Studio and in fact your name was mentioned in the article. That's correct. I kept repeating. I am. It. I am a footnote <laughs> in the top forty under forty. I should have been wearing when I did the photo shoot. I should have worn a shirt with your face. On it. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I would have appreciated that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Next time, next time for sure, I will do that. Now uh, we've gotten together at least once, uh, possibly twice since the season started. That's right. Uh, not including this time. Uh, agreed. Which yes. would make it thrice. Yep. And, uh, and we picked up a conversation that you were having with some people on Twitter. Yes. And what was that all about? That was about uh, something that is just tentatively called Yeg Game at the moment. Ooh, it sounds... Edmonton-y. It sounds like something you would play. Um, <laughs> well, essentially. I am fascinated with the concept of gamification. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, all of our listening audience is familiar with the concept, but it is basically... Uh, when you take elements from playing games and you apply them to real life. And uh, there are many ways in which gamification is being applied. A great example is the uh, the check-in application Foursquare, where you're assessed points for doing stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Foursquare is an excellent example of gamification. Um, more and more teachers are trying to find ways to bring gamification into education to entice kids to to have more fun learning and therefore be more engaged in the process. Um, There are uh, a bunch of ways that gamification is being used in uh, in businesses to try to get employees more motivated on projects and whatnot. And uh, even just around the house, you can find applications and websites online where you can sign up to do like chore wars. Yeah. I think that's uh, the name of one of them. You know, one of the simplest forms of gamification that I've seen is um, when you log into LinkedIn once a year, it'll say, uh, you know, your profile is 80% complete. You need to add, say, your high school, you need to update your resume, and you need to add some skills. So that is that is a game of, it, well, not in the, true, in, the, in the traditional sense of the word, but it's assessing you a score to get you to perform some kind of act. Exactly. And, and fundamentally, that's the, the simplest form of gamification, is when you um, find a way to reward someone for doing something, positive reinforcement, which is what, what games do, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I started thinking, how could I turn the city, being engaged in the city, into a game, and started floating ideas out around on Twitter, and uh, got some some initial positive feedback. And I think that it's a solid idea, but I lack any of the technical skills to make it reality. <laughs> so uh, you're, you're, are you presenting this idea to 
our audience and asking them to take it and go? I'm more asking them to help me take it and go. There you go. Because right. I want to be a part of it and also possibly profit by it. Ah, yes. <laughs> let's, not, let's not beat around the bush. If it's a good enough idea, there could be money to be made. In it. Well, we're going to be talking to uh, our guest later on the show, uh, Brittany LeBlanc. And um, she's doing something that involves weekly missions. Indeed. So uh, I could see an Edmonton game that basically compels you to go out and explore the city. I could see that uh, being a weekly mission thing. Well, it's not just about exploring the city in concept. It's about being engaged in the city. So there would be an aspect of it that would be to go out and visit places that are part of Edmonton and to and to experience locations and and events that are that are very Edmonton e but there would also be a component to be involved in the community to mm. volunteer your time or donate money to charity or go out and vote uh, stuff like that to to uh, entice people to be better citizens of the city I could see it through gamification I, I like I like that idea I could see uh I could see one of the uh, the things you could get points for going to like a public consultation for, say, LRT expansion. Yeah, or so, sitting in on a city council meeting. You get 10 points for that, but you get deducted five points if you ask a stupid question. That seems reasonable to me. So if anyone's ever seen uh, Parks and Recreation, <laughs> any of the public hearings that take place there, those are where your dumb questions would come from. Yes. What, what are the um, some of the other things that you could do like that are just beyond, like you said, watching an Oiler game or an Oil Kings game that would really uh, not only get people out, but but score them big points. What, what do you think? Uh, how about spin the giant baseball bat? Ooh. That's I, I, very Edmonton. I, I think our guest is really going to enjoy that one, actually. Agreed, yeah. Maybe um, uh, throw a body rolled up in a carpet off the Edmonton Queen. <laughs> No? No, I don't think that one. Sorry, I've been playing a lot of GTA Apparently, yes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Maybe just riding the Edmonton Queen. That would certainly qualify. Shouting, I am the king of the world from the uh, the bow of the Edmonton Queen while being videotaped. Sure. Uh, obviously, you'd get big points for taking a plane out of the Edmonton City Center Airport. Yep, which you officially cannot do anymore. It would probably be the most points. Yeah, yeah, it would be the most illegally uh, points come by in a most illegal way. I was joking that uh, one of the one of the ways to get a bunch of points would be to be elected mayor. Yeah, <laughs> Don's not allowed to play. Well, it's not that he's not allowed to play; it's that he already has been elected mayor. True, he would have to be reelected. That's presuming that the game was even uh, made and online in time for the next election. And it would. And let's be fair; that's. Pretty ambitious I because don't know. I am both busy and lazy. <laughs> Four years to make a game. It's taken longer for some people, for some organizations. I've Half, ha- how is Half Life Three? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> how long did it take that uh, developer out of I think Quebec to make Fez? Uh, a while. Yeah. And now Fez Two will never happen because he rage quit video game. He, industry. he was, uh, I watched that, uh, the documentary that, that he was featured on, and he seemed like the stereotypically angry Redditor that was also a game developer. Yep. It he was, was uh, and I feel bad because I don't recall the guy's name and uh, off the top of my head, and we're kind of talking about it. But I do know uh, from his reputation 
he was not well liked. Yeah. Uh, and he had a lot of detractors. And although he made a great video game and, and has made other great video games, I'm not denying his genius, as it were, um, he basically got in a, uh, an angry bitch fest with someone on Twitter, I think it was. Really? And then just like threw down his, his marbles and, and rage quit video game development and was basically just like, you know what? If that's the way it is, screw it. Fez 2, canceled. Game company, done. Good day. What and is... just went and got a day job. And it's oh. just like, wow. I, I predict... A, that is crazy. I predict a rage quit of his job in the future. Possibly. I just I feel know. like he's that kind of guy. But anyway, so he's not going to be the guy we get to develop your game. Clearly not. No. No, but there are people... Uh, and organizations, small and big, that might be uh, interested in taking on something like that. That is my hope. I so see. this is this is, if anything, a public plea. Yeah. To offer me your assistance in making this a reality. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think so. If you guys have any thoughts, throw them uh, throw them Scott's way on Twitter. He's Scotty Bomb, or just uh, throw us a comment on the uh, on the uh, post for which this episode appears. Indeed, because I think uh, I think it could be really interesting. Agreed. And, I mean, you know, you could give out actual concrete prizes if you got businesses around the city to sponsor it. Yeah. I think uh, I think it'd be interesting. I agree with you. And it fits in. Of course you do. And it fits in very <laughs> nicely with the Make Something Edmonton uh, narrative. Yes. This is making something out of Edmonton. Agreed. I, uh, I, I like the idea of turning Edmonton into a giant game. I do, too. Let's make it happen. Okay. All right, let's do that. Now, the the movie that we were talking about, the that this game developer appears in, I, I honestly can't remember the name of it. It's something video games, video games something. And uh, it's available on Netflix. I do know that. Yes. But you've put me on the spot now. I also can't remember the and name. And this, this is why the movie jerks are the number one <laughs> podcast. That's the right. They would know the answer to this question. They would know it right off the top of their heads. And and I imagine when uh, Oscar season rolls around, they've watched nearly every single one of the films. Possibly. Their podcast focuses on older movies for the most part. Ah. And uh, so they might actually be behind. They might be like up to date on like the 1970s-ish Oscars. Sure. The uh, heyday of filmmaking. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Apparently, I don't know. We should have those guys on the show one day. Uh, it is something that is on our to-do list. We have uh, a number of guests. We do. That remain on our backlog. And, and backlog, we're not using that in a derogatory way. No. We would have said back burner if that's what we'd meant. But clearly that's not what we mean. No. And it's, you know, the list keeps getting longer. It's like more and more interesting people are moving to Edmonton or more and more people are doing interesting things in Edmonton. I, I think we should just take full credit for that. It's because of Scott and myself. Yes, we created a podcast yep. which created a sounding board for all of these people to come together, start sharing ideas and get inspired to go out and do their own stuff. I think that uh, we are directly responsible I would agree. over the past four plus years mm -hmm. yep. for making Edmonton a more awesome place. So you're welcome, citizens. Yes. And uh, you can send checks to the Unknown Studio, uh, care of Adam Rosenhart, in my name only, and I'll share it with Scott. 
Okay, that probably isn't cool. I'm not I'm not down with that. Plan. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Just make checks payable to Unknown Studio Productions Limited, and you can still send them to me. Uh, or you can just make them out to uh, cash. <laughs> yes. And also just send them to us. <laughs> Whatever you want, as long as you're paying us. Which actually does remind me, uh, we do have a new sponsor. Uh, we can't talk about who it is yet. Things are not, the ink is not dried on the contract. That's right. Uh, it is hung up in the back. Yeah. Drying off. And one of the things that we're, I, I don't know if I've actually told you this yet, Scott. It was it was uh, a mere glimmer of an idea when I was talking to these folks uh, last year. But um, within one of their locations, they want to convert a space into a dedicated podcast recording studio for everyone in Edmonton to use. Interesting. Yeah. Which would mean that uh, the movie jerks could record there, we could record there, uh, Jay Runham, James Leesk, all of those fantastic people, uh, Greg Beaver. Yep. I I wouldn't really classify Greg as fantastic. <laughs> I think that he is polite. I think that's how I would describe Greg if I had to. Greg is polite. He may use this studio. But <laughs> we're trying to figure out how to get... Uh, more people podcasting, and the guys that I was that I was talking to said, "We have this idea. What do you think?" So that might happen sometime in the next couple months, which I'm I think impressed. is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, we're going to try and make it accessible at nearly all hours of the day. So, uh, so if you're a night owl and you feel like recording a podcast at say midnight, it might just be available to you. Yeah, but no one else. But no one else. Just you. Yeah. So uh, on that note, we are still looking for sponsors for the season. That's right. Yeah. We uh, love our old sponsors. We do, and we are no longer going to mention them on the podcast that is by correct. name because yeah. they are no longer paying us to do so. And that's true. But uh, we we require more sponsorship. Yeah, and we do things we do with that money just so that you have an idea. Is we refresh our equipment, we buy. Um, food for meetings because actually scott and i do try to meet every so often and we do also try to eat every so often because eating is living and also not dying uh, yes yeah so I, I had i don't know where i was going with that one. <laughs> no. i had nothing but uh yeah and, and you know if you do sponsor the show you get an ad on our website you get an ad on the podcast we'll talk about you on our podcast and we will even hang out with you occasionally if you ask. If, if you're interested. Yeah. Just call us up and say, hey, what are you guys doing? You want to hang out? And then we'll check our sponsorship agreement and make sure that was in the terms. Yeah. And then we will come out with you. Yeah. Because that is the to only a soiree. Way, that is the only way that Scott and I can make friends. Basically. Yeah. It's really sad. It's really sad. It is when people pay us to be <laughs> their friends. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous... I know that it is a sign of a weak show when you start talking about the weather, but I did see the mayor tweet about the amount of snow we've had this month. And it was a lot. It, it was half of what the snowfall was last year. And that is already through the month of November, basically. Isn't that insane? It's yeah. not even technically winter yet. No. Winter is coming. But it's not technically winter yet. So um, there are a lot of folks, again, it's the, the, the annual bitch fest about snow removal in the city. Um, how do you think the city's doing? 
I think the city is doing well, actually, uh, considering the amount of snow that fell all at once in the month of November. Yeah. Uh, and the city was scrambling to just keep the, the main arterial roads clear as the snow just continued to fall. I think that they did pretty well. And uh, unfortunately, we're, we're right in the middle of residential blading. Residential mm-hmm. blading is going to be stalled because we're now expecting another big dump of snow. Yeah, by the time you hear this, we'll be covered in it, I think. Uh, and they will be once again out just trying to get the basic stuff out of the way before they restart the residential blading, uh, which is unfortunate. But I think that overall, good old Bob Dunford and the rest of the uh, the city road crews have been doing an excellent job. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they could do it any more quickly or efficiently unless they were wizards. I'm not really sure, to be honest, because so so Mayor Don Iveson posted about snow removal last week on his website, doniveson.ca, and was saying, look, we're doing uh, what's within budget, we're doing what we plan for, we're doing the best we can. And then he's got a lot of people commenting saying, well... Uh, either that's fine or no, that's not good enough. Take a look at what other Canadian cities are doing, you know, and one of the examples was uh, St. John's and Newfoundland. When they get snow, they get a tremendous amount of it, and they're able to clear it, not just move it out of the way, but to remove it. And for whatever reason, uh, that doesn't cost them a fortune. So there were people imploring the mayor, which I don't think is really the correct avenue to approach the problem, but, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, to to ask other Canadian cities how they do it. I would uh, ask if St. John, Newfoundland, St. John's? St. John's. St. John's, Newfoundland, is uh, the size of Edmonton. That is a very good question. The answer, of course, is no. So? I I would wager that St. John's doesn't have nearly as many thousands of kilometers of road as we do. No, I would would wager that is the case. So it's it's a good point. I mean, maybe this is... This is a problem that is... Uh, I'm not saying that they might not have some good advice sure. worth listening to. Yeah. But I'm saying they might be more efficient at it because we have a tremendous urban sprawl. We have a lot of roads mm-hmm. that need to be dealt with, and many of them are just as important to each as the other. So it's a matter of prioritizing as well. Exactly. So... I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up sprawl because I think that's a huge problem. That I mean, when you have... We do have thousands and thousands of kilometers of road. Yeah. I don't know if it's thousands and thousands, but it's an awful lot. And it it takes a lot of uh, man hours to clear all of that. Yeah. And it takes uh, a tremendous fleet of snow plows to do it as well, and and graders and what have you. So, and we have had in the last month a freakish amount of snow It's true, yeah. So what can you do except... Keep on plowing. Raise your voice to the heavens and curse out the snow gods for dumping all over our city. Literally. So if you have a message for the snow gods, email snowgods <laughs> at theunknownstudio.ca and we will pass it along. It's like a letter to Santa Claus. It right? is, yeah. Which means that you will get a response. It probably isn't the one you, you would expect or want. No. Nope. It's probably just more snow. But... uh Hey, man. And there's going to be plenty of it this this winter. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Christmas is coming up, and we'll, we'll do our Christmas episode next show. Yes. So we'll be talking about snow even more. Because, really, that's all anybody's talking about in Edmonton anyway. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. This is also the uh, um, Edmonton tourism, I believe, has taken the winter city strategy, and they're really trying to own it. 
and they're talking about, yes, it's dark, yes, it's cold, but winter is amazing in this city. Well, and it's a part of the city. I mean, we live in a city where minimum six months out of the year, it is cold. Mm -hmm. Whether or not there is snow, the temperature is, is low. Much of that is going to be covered in snow and ice. Why should we have to shut everything down? During that time, why not just find other ways to enjoy the city? I agree. Not even just inside, but outside as well. There's stuff to do. Yeah. And I think if we're making use of spaces like Churchill Square and, you know, parks that are sort of central or along the River Valley, I don't see how winter could be uh, a bad thing. Exactly. And for the love of God, we all know how to dress for this weather. Yes. And we all know how to drive in this weather. Well. You might think you don't. But you do. Dig deep, Edmonton. You know what you're doing. Every t it, it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise every year when it snows. Yeah. We should be used to it by now. One of the, the only person who should be surprised the first time it snows is a person who has literally never seen it snow in Edmonton before. Or a anywhere. A visitor or a newborn baby <laughs> or a tiny dog or an immigrant. These are the kinds of people who should be okay being surprised the first snowfall. Everyone else, no excuse. Though, to be fair, a tiny dog is not a kind of people. Well, I think a tiny dog would think it's a kind of people. <laughs> I think some of them would. <laughs> but I agree with you. And I, you know, do you, well, here's a question for you. Do you have winter tires for your car? I do not. You drive on all fact. seasons all I year? I drive on all seasons all year, yes. Yeah, so do They I. are well rated for winter weather. Yeah. They are not actual winter tires. Okay. Um, so one of the commenters on the mayor's blog was saying uh, there should be a mandatory rule for winter tires. That unfortunately would not be a municipal law. No. That would be a provincial law. Yeah. Would that be, is that within the rights or does that actually violate, you know, the uh, No, I'm, because Quebec did it. Okay. And I know that Quebec lives in a weird gray area legally in Canada, but uh, <laughs> uh, they a number of other provinces have since started to look at the prospect of introducing law that requires winter tires. Hmm. And I'm 100% certain that's not something that can be municipally uh, enforced. Yeah, because roads, like the Highway Traffic Act, belongs to the province. And, and uh, your car is registered with the province, True. not with the municipality. So yeah. it, would, it would be up to the province to mandate what standards your car has to meet. And I don't know if they could actually do that in a, in a province where we do have quite a diverse climate from, from northern Alberta all the way down to the south. Yeah. So saying to all Albertans during winter they have to have winter tires, I can, I can see people in Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, maybe even Calgary, if they're not always going to the mountains, saying, fuck you, Alberta. Yeah. I can see a lot of people saying that anyway. But because winter tires cost money. They're very expensive. And if you're, you're basically telling people you have to go out and spend that money, there's going to be some people who might want to balk at that. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I, I understand where the people who are advocating for it are coming from. They are safer. I won't deny that. Even mm -hmm. though I'm not using them, they are safer. But they are more expensive. But they are also more expensive. And uh, they're not in my budget because I do a podcast. <laughs> you do other things. It's still not in my budget. It's not in mine either. No. And I do a podcast as well. It's I don't true. know if you've heard of it. It's called The Unknown Studio. Really? Yeah. Uh, have you heard of mine? It's called The Unknown Studio. I may have to give it a listen. Oh, very good. Mm. I'll give yours a listen. Yeah, well. that'd be great. Maybe uh, maybe later on this week when my podcast comes out, you can listen to it. And uh, later on this week when my podcast comes out, oh. you can listen to that one as well. Oh, uncanny. We're on the same schedule. Indeed.
That was strange. Now, you might be wondering why we're spending all this time talking and yeah. not talking to Brittany. That's true. Brittany LeBlanc is going to be our guest on this show. Mark my words. It's not because she's running late. Mark them. <laughs> it's not because she's running late. It's because we are starting early. Mm-hmm. We're, we've decided to sort of uh, change up the format a little bit. For a little season. bit. Yeah. We, we like to try new things. Mm-hmm. We are open to new experiences. Yeah. New sexual experiences, mostly. But also new podcast Yes, experiences. so let's talk about that. So we decided to uh, have a little section at the beginning of every episode where we talk to you, mm-hmm. just the two of us. We, the three of us, possibly four if you're in a car with a passenger. <laughs> I don't know. I can't see you through this microphone. I can hear you through this microphone. That's not how it works. But I, but I cannot see you. I know you think you can hear through the microphone, but it doesn't work that way. Really? Yeah. That's disappointing. Then what have I been hearing all this time? I don't know. What are those voices? <laughs> I have no idea. This, I, this is troubling. It is I very believe annoying. I need to see a professional. Let's, let's deal with that one later. Fair enough. But for now, uh, it's a little bit of us time, yeah. basically. We just wanted to, uh, to get a little closer to you, the listener. Maybe put our hand on your knee or pretend we're yawning and throw an arm over your shoulder. That's what we mean. And, it, and if it's not awkward then uh, we'll have a little less time. Well, yeah. And we'll talk about some stuff that uh, we want to discuss on the podcast, but but that isn't necessarily what our guest is coming on to talk That's about. That's right. And uh, that, that way we don't have to save it up for a time when we have an appropriate guest to talk about it with. It's true. And, and so, and you know, in fact, this is a little bit easier on Scott and I, because uh, interviewing someone for an hour can be... Can be Difficult, challenging, not because the people aren't interesting, but a sustained conversation for that long isn't, uh, isn't common. And so we wanted to be able to make the show a little bit more flexible to, to you know, not lock up so much time with our interviewees. And, and Many of them also have other stuff they need to do. Absolutely. And, uh, and then we get to talk about some of the stuff that, that is interesting us. And we would invite you to throw some questions or Areas of discussion are away if you want to hear us uh, render opinions uh, on any variety of topics. Exactly. So uh, if you do have something that you'd like to hear us opine on, by all means, uh, send them to us. Yeah. Via Twitter or uh, through our website. You bet. And uh, assuming that they are not stupid questions, and they might be. They, some of them will most unquestionably be stupid. Uh, and we might answer some of the stupid ones too. Let's, they, let's be honest. They'll be we, in tr- fact, I would go as far as say we are more likely to answer the stupid ones. It's true, yeah. Um, ones that don't require us to think deeply about stuff. That's, or do research. Yeah. Because um, research is hard. That said, we are knowledgeable about all things. Yes. But, you know, sometimes you just need to double check mm-hmm. that you are knowledgeable about all things. I feel like we're really inviting uh, the trolls of the internet to ask us really ridiculous questions. That's okay. That's fine. They can, you can ask whatever you want. That's right. If, it, if you want parenting advice, for example, neither of us are parents. We're eminently qualified to answer those questions. But we, and we will answer those questions. Oh, yeah. We will give you authoritative advice <laughs> that you must listen to. I broke the fourth wall. <laughs> Being, the fourth wall being my face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, new format, new season, new format. Not new hosts. Not new hosts. Goodness, no. No. We we could not get anybody else to host the show on the kind of 
kind of money and acclaim that uh, there are there are laws in place to prevent people from having to work the way we do on this podcast. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and so we cannot get anybody else to do it. No, as no. much as we might want to. Yes, true. <laughs> now we're going to take a we're going to take a quick break, <clears throat> and when we come back, we will have uh, Brittany LeBlanc on the show, and uh, we'll continue being entertaining and dashing. Stay tuned. Not that you can tune out because this is a podcast. The internet. <laughs> Are you looking for current, relevant, highly specialized digital media instruction? You need to seek out The Guru. Guru Digital Arts College offers intense six-month programs that simulate real-world projects. You'll work in small classes in a casual professional environment and meet industry pros who offer a mentor-style approach to learning. Some institutions make the same claim, but with Guru, you'll develop the confidence to get out and become a part of the digital media community. Come visit us anytime. Check out a class, talk with our instructors, and be part of the Guru experience. For more information, email info at gurudigitalarts.com or call 1-877-429-4878. We should take a moment to thank one person who remains special to us. Mm -hmm. No one else. You're still confusing people with uh, institutions and animals. Well, there is a person involved in this institution. That is, there are many people involved, But there is one person who has spearheaded the support of the Unknown Studio for many years now. It's true. We are, of course, referring to Owen Brierley, the Dumbledore-esque headmaster of Edmonton's Hogwarts of digital media that is guru digital arts college that's right we've we've had their support for as scott said a number of years and we're very grateful to have their help um they allow us to use the school as a studio recording space and uh so if you're interested in pursuing a career in the digital arts or in illustration video game design photography uh anything related to those areas of expertise go to guru digitalarts.com to find out more and get yourself enrolled. And we are back with additional people. That's right. She is the most guest the Unknown Studio has ever had, the lovely and talented Brittany LeBlanc. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You have been on all of our seasons. I don't think I have been in all of your seasons. I think I missed the third season. I think that you were on our clip show in the third season. Well, true. So, I mean, technically I was on that show. And that's There's why an that's why we call her five season Brittany. That's right. We've never called you that, and now that's all we're going to call you. Five season Brittany uh, is frequently on the show because she is frequently doing different stuff. It's true. She is all over the place in Edmonton, and now she is all over your internet. It's and true. All up in your food. Yeah, but not actually. in not in an unhygienic way. No, it's it's very clean, very pure. Um, just you know. Wanting to know what you eat. Brittany is the community manager for GastroPost Alberta. Yes. What is GastroPost Alberta? Oh, I'm happy you asked. <laughs> Isn't that why we're here? I mean, I, really. I, mean, I guess. Oh, how, how odd of you to bring up the thing I, that you invited me on the show to talk about. I, I wish I had prepared something. <laughs> she says, taking out a folio. <laughs> 
Uh, I left in the car, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so Gastropost Alberta um, and Gastropost, so it's Gastropost Edmonton and Ga- Gastropost Calgary. Mm. Um, we do food missions for food lovers. So we send people out weekly, um, a mission Monday afternoons, and they get to do things that are really interesting in food. And we allow them a little bit of creative leeway. So basically... Um, we'll do missions like desserts or bread or cheese. This week it has been bacon. Um, and I, I'm sure that's been probably your worst week. Oh, for sure. People I mean, people hate bacon. Bacon cupcakes and bacon mints and like... Bacon mints? Oh, yeah. Jesus. You can put bacon in pretty much everything because it is a savory and sweet meat. Hmm. It is the candy of meat. I've said it before. I'm saying it again now, and I stand by that. So... Bacon bits are basically just sprinkles. They're essentially pop rocks. They're mm. meaty, meaty sprinkles. Okay. They're, they're nerds of the meat world. So, so <laughs> these missions, what, what is it that people have to do on these food missions? So we give you a mission a week. And so if the mission is bacon, you find um, some food that you're going to hopefully enjoy that week. Um, and it has to contain bacon in some way. So if you're vegan, you might want to make um, coconut bacon, which is the coolest thing that I've just learned about this week. Um, and then you put bacon in your meal some way. You take a photo of it, and then you either tweet it with um, tweet it with the hashtag GastroPost, you Instagram it with GastroPost as the hashtag, or you can go on the website and submit your photos via the website as well. Okay. Now, do people win things yeah, on well, these challenges? What's the deal with the challenges? Okay, so you have this weekly mission. You upload your photo. We'll put it on our Tumblr. And then the um, we select randomly. Well, not randomly, but there's a way. Uh, we select photos every week, and we put them in the Edmonton Journal and the Calgary Herald on mm-hmm. Wednesdays um, in the Arts and Life and the Herald and the food section in the journal. And so there's two pages of delicious, delicious food uh, just covering the paper, and it's awesome. Cool. So you win... Basically, publicity for right. your delicious food. Now, yeah. is this something wherein you could go somewhere to eat and find something good and tweet it, or tweet it to GastroPost, or must you make it yourself? No. So we do both. So you can make it at home. You could have somebody else bring you something. Um, your mom could make something, or you can go to a restaurant or eat at a food truck or anything. So basically, as long as it's food, it counts. Hmm. Okay. Now, you, uh, you started doing this like a couple months ago. Right? Roughly. It's been about seven weeks. Yeah, almost okay. two months. Okay. And that that's something that came out of or is related to Capital Ideas, which you were also involved with at the journal. Is that correct? Absolutely. So when we um, formed Capital Ideas, it was a post-media labs initiative. So post-media, the company that owns the journal, the Herald, and the National Post, all the papers across the country. Getting your thing. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um Basically, they, they own all these papers, and they want to tell community story in a different way. Mm-hmm. And they enlisted two groups, one in Toronto and one in Edmonton, to define a community and then to find a way to let the community share their expertise within okay. it. Uh, so here in Edmonton, we launched Capital Ideas, which is um, a great way for entrepreneurs and business owners to share what they know with other entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, that's also in the paper on Wednesdays okay. here in Edmonton. Um, and in Toronto, at the same time, they launched GastroPost, which has been running for a year and a half there in the National Post. Since then, they have um, opened it up in Vancouver and in Edmonton as well as Calgary. Wow. Yeah. Has Capital Ideas spread around as well? No, it's a little more difficult to move just because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of bits when you're embedded in a community that's like entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism in business, just because you have to know like 
people in the city really well. You have to um, go out to events. You have to do a lot of stuff. It's sort of a bigger operation than GastroPost. GastroPost is a little bit easier to move from one community to another. And I think you've probably got a, um, a higher level of default membership because for whatever reason, people online are really passionate about talking about food. So GastroPost seems like a um, low-hanging fruit in a way. It is a little bit more um, than business and entrepreneurship, um, but it, it's it's fantastic. And yeah, people are more likely to share photos of food and um, people tweet pictures of their dinner all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're already doing it. Yeah, and we love that, and we want them to do that more and share it with other people. And uh, that's the response has been great so far because of that. Because people are, you know, they go to a restaurant and they get shamed by their friend for taking a photo of the dinner. And now they can be like, well, actually, I'm doing this because I'm part of a thing with the journal. And it adds a little more credence to it. And they hopefully won't get made fun of or shamed anymore from their friends. Well, they probably still will. Because friends are dicks. Basically. Most of them. Mine, anyway. Sorry about that. Yeah. Two of them are in the room with me right now. <laughs> Huge dicks. Yeah. Where does, uh, where does GastroPost go next? What's... What happens beyond the sharing of, of photographs and publishing that in the journal? Well, so I should actually mention as well that in Alberta, we do something a little bit different. Um, we also partnered up with Taste Alberta and Save on Foods. Hmm. So every week when we do a mission, um, Taste Alberta provides us with inspiration. We talk to somebody in Alberta who is a producer or involved in the food production um, realm of the province. So we're encouraging people to eat local that way. Um, and then Save on Foods provides us with a perk, so a coupon that will help you complete your mission. So they'll give you a few dollars off um, bacon, for example, and you can go and complete the bacon mission. So that's a way that we've been connecting with people here in Alberta that's different. Okay. Um, so that's already a way that we've moved forward from other communities. Um, as for where we go next, it, we could be expanding to other communities. We've already seen um, a lot of people in Ottawa, Montreal, who are really interested in this but don't have the... Um, there's no community manager or anything there yet. So we'll see. Hmm. Interesting. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if you're allowed to answer this question. Okay. <laughs> and it's not going to be devastating or anything like that. But how does how does something like GastroPost or, or Capital Ideas make money for Post Media? Is that something that's still being sorted out? Hmm. Can you answer that? I don't know if I really can. Okay. Um, just because... I think that as with any other initiative that's we're talking kind of future of journalism um, how do we move forward I don't think that anything has completely worked out just yet fair enough um, right now we're focusing more on how to involve the communities how to get people um, interested and engaged in the paper again and we're working on that to partner with other people provide things that are really beneficial to our membership and I think that nothing's going to solve everything right away. Like, there's no one way to There's no fix. sure fix for yeah. for the old media. I was yeah. really hoping you would have the answer to that question. I think if you did, you'd be a very wealthy woman. Uh, no, I would still be in media. <laughs> so I'd still be poor. So, okay, let's, let's, let's think about where GastroPost can go next because I could see, and I don't know what you guys have thought of. I haven't, like, I mean, I'm, I'm paying a little bit of attention. I get the emails about the missions, but I haven't really participated yet. No. Even though I send you punny emails every Friday encouraging you. Some of those puns are terrible. By they're, Thank you. They're they almost all really bad, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, bacon especially this past week, I could not think of anything for bacon. And it probably the longest, like, time to make a newsletter ever because I was sitting there being like, 
what what can I use for puns? Because I'd already used like bacon as proud, and um, I've been using like sizzle as much as I can. And it just it was it was hard. Yeah, I've got nothing. I, I mean, that's why this is your job and not mine. So thank, it's true. thank I'll, goodness. I'll call you up sometime. Sure. Like, hey, do you have any puns about artichokes? But but here's a thought. Why not a gastro post podcast or, you know, video blog or something? Like, I forget about the limited resources that, that Post Media has right now, but this is what it could look like in the future where you could do like a live stream gastro post potluck or something like that. I think that would be fantastic. I don't. I don't know about podcasts. Oh. Gastro post cooking show, on YouTube. Well, I do think that that has potential, like to do something where we can educate. Because I think one of the greatest strengths about gastro post is because you look at it, and you're like, oh, it's a page of food photos. Like, why should I really pay any attention to it? And it goes so much deeper than that. Like, I know that even myself, I've been inspired to cook more and to try new things and really experiment with food after seeing. Um, how people are using their food and what they're doing. So I think that there's so much opportunity for food education and maybe not even like, this is how you eat food and this is the healthy food or anything like that because that can be so subjective, but just how to cook things. Mm -hmm. Hey, you maybe have never used an artichoke before. Here's what you need to know when buying one. Here's how you can use it. Hey, here's Alberta eggs. They're fantastic. Here's somebody who grows them. Eggs can go in everything. It would be the new good eats. Yeah, in a Except way. Except legally distinct from, and please don't sue Gastro Post or Brittany <laughs> LeBlanc, no. Alton Brown. I didn't know. You are, you are the king of food nerds. We love you. It's true. Um, he obviously is also a listener of our podcast. Clearly. clearly. Oh, very clearly. much so. I, hilarious story about that. Not really hilarious, but uh, a story about that. I was uh, asking, I've been on the lookout for the best Balinese, uh, I don't even know how to say that word, yeah. but, but meat sauce. Because I find I make meat sauce for I, – I'm not seasoning the meat properly. I want it to be flavorful and, and amazing and tender and crumbly, and I can't do it. So I asked people on Twitter the other night. I said, I want to know what all your meat sauce recipes are. And I got probably about six really good ones, and one of them was Alton Brown's recipe. Now, every single one of them takes three hours or more because you have to brown meat and – cook bacon and then there's pork butt involved and all these spices. But anyway, the for I, I, I'd really like to understand why food and the internet are such a powerful combination. That's like asking why cats and the internet are such a powerful combination. I think it's just, it's the accessibility of it. It's um, food is such a common territory for all of us because we all eat. Mm -hmm. uh, whether or not we are eating because we enjoy it or because we just need fuel, there's a difference. I will also add to that that food is a, uh, is a social thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Humans eat food together, whether it's with your family or with friends. I mean, you can eat by yourself, but it's never as good as when you're sharing it. Yeah, no. And when you're on the internet you're sharing with everybody, basically, which is why people take pictures of their food and post it on Twitter. Well, and it's the same as you go to a restaurant and somebody leans over from the next table and says, hey, what did you get? Like, <laughs> what is that? It's People are always curious. They want to yeah. know what you're eating. They want to know um, if they could get that, if they can make that. And so I think that's why it's so, um, it's so great. And I think also people are always willing to share their recipes and tell you about it because they want to uh, let other people have that kind of like delight that they have. I suppose so. I mean, but that that doesn't really explain why the haters get so crazy about um, people posting photos of their food. It's something that I never 
had a problem with. I, I'm the guy who has problems with selfies for some reason, but I don't mind it when people post photos of their food. Why do some people, why do you think some people get so up in arms about something like that? I mean, I think it's the same as getting up in arms about selfies or getting up in arms about... <laughs> it's just being stupid. Who, well, not, not, not necessarily um, stupid, but we all have the, our own ways of doing things. So some people like to live tweet television shows and things like that, and some people hate that. Mm -hmm. Some people like to go to conferences and live tweet, and other people really hate that. Um, I mean, it's the same with like people muting hashtags. Sometimes they just don't want to know about that. I guess so. And so I think that some people just hate when other people have delicious food. <laughs> and I don't know why. How much of, uh, of a factor is Twitter in what GastroPost is doing? Is it, is it where you get most of your content from? I think that here in Alberta, we are seeing a lot more of our content coming from Twitter, okay. um, which is different than in our other communities. It's still really, really um, early for us to yeah, seven like weeks. Pick any of that but, out. but you've not even been doing like the community stuff for no, seven the weeks, right? Community stuff here in Edmonton. This is our fifth week. Okay. I think. Sorry, I think fifth or sixth week. Mm -hmm. So we'll be doing our seventh mission, I think, coming up. So because of that, we don't have the kind of analytics yet to really compare communities. Um, Calgary's only been done. This is their second week. So because of that, um, we can't do too much comparison. But just from a quick overview of things, it looks like we're getting more Twitter submissions here in Alberta than anywhere else. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Even more than in Toronto? Yeah, they are predominantly Instagram. Um, and those those are really the two media that you're using? It's really those two. We do Tumblr. And then we, um, we really, really like when people send us photos through the website because they're higher quality photos, um, usually. And that's great because we need higher quality photos to feature in the page. So... Mm little insider tip, if you send in a photo through the website, you have a better chance of getting featured in the paper. Now, Brittany did bring us uh, two cupcakes to, to eat before the show. They were she, fail cupcakes. She had described them as fail cupcakes. Well, I don't believe they were, I don't believe they were failures, and, and I don't think you should, you should consider them as such. I mean, we both enjoyed them. Yes, and while you were away, briefly, from the uh, studio, yes. uh, Brittany and I discussed ways in which she could improve upon what was already a fairly yummy recipe. So was the making of those cupcakes inspired by the work you've been doing with GastroPost? Yes. Yeah, so um, to invite people, I often go on Instagram, maybe do a little bit of creeping. Um, maybe. Looking, maybe. It's kind of what I do anyway. Um, and well, I, She'd be creeping on you anyway. I, now I, she's just doing it for a noble cause. I really would. It's kind of how I use the internet. But so I go through Instagram and I always look at people who share food photos and often invite them to be a part of GastroPost because if you're doing this already, you might want to know that we do missions and because we're still fairly new, you maybe haven't heard of us. And I think I had seen somebody post a picture and they had sprinkled Lucky Charms on top of one of their cupcakes and I was like, oh, I could do that. And I was like, wait, but what if I picked out the marshmallows and put them inside of the cupcakes and it was like double marshmallow amazingness. Theoretically? Brilliant. Theoretically, so brilliant. Unfortunately, what works in theory and what works in reality are often not the same thing. No. That's very oh, true. Oh gosh, no. Um, it was like, a, the marshmallows are not the same consistency as normal marshmallows. So they're, they're basically sugar. So they're not gooey, delicious treats. They're kind of like pure sugar <laughs> color streaks. They're, in the they're sugar cubes. Yeah, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. So Scott and I have been talking about potentially using the um, non-marshmallow bits of Lucky Charms and then putting those on the inside. And so then, that you have a nice crunch. Yeah, mm. so you have like a little bit more of a texture inside of it. It might taste a little bit like kitty litter or something. Though, so I don't think so. Weird. Uh, those those yeah. things taste fine. Yeah. They're, they're almost tasteless. 
what really gives them the flavor, <laughs> I should say, <laughs> what really gives them the flavor is the marshmallow. Are you laughing because of the the uh, pejorative of tasteless? Like, I like how it's like, oh, Brittany, your cupcakes are fine. Good, good old try. You know, no, they were they were delicious. I inhaled mine. I literally inhaled mine. And uh, Ooh, and and he is using the word literally correctly. I, it, he it, basically just just sucked it all right in through his windpipe. I will remind you that literally now means everything. So that's why, um, Brittany Scott wasn't hugging me. He was giving me the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> Because he was choking on your cupcake. Scott, but it was delicious. I regret nothing. Now, I was just going to say, the idea of the, of the, the non-fun part of the Lucky Charm <laughs> <laughs> going into the cupcake is, uh, is a good one because uh, the folks at Elm Cafe often make a cupcake that has Rice Krispies in it. Oh. So you get a little bit of that crunchy texture in there. I do love those guys. So you, you've got you've to try. You've got to experiment. Yeah. And isn't that what Gastropostas is teaching us to do? Right? Just... Go and I'm already culinary adventures. Food. I'm already converted. I'm, I'm totally and on board. Yet still no food photos. Go out and have bacon tonight. I'm going to try to have some bacon tonight. Yes. I'm going to do that. He's just going to fry up a big slab of bacon for a snack, really. And, and the photo will actually just be me drinking the bacon fat. Well, if you bake it in the oven, it'll be so much easier for you to um, get the bacon fat out of the container because you put it in a pan. And then you can use the bacon fat to make See, vegetables. She's, she's already knowledgeable about food stuff. Well, so one of my favorite things to do with, with bacon fat is so on, on weekend mornings, make Rachel and I will make breakfast together, and I'll fry up some bacon and put it aside on a warm plate and then put some eggs in there and just scramble them in the bacon fat. Uh, some friends of mine so delicious. Uh, several years ago now had a vodka tasting party where they made their own flavored vodka. They, they had found essentially like a recipe book for vodka recipes. And they had, using just generic vodka, they flavored a, an assortment of them. One of them was bacon-flavored vodka. Jesus. And it took days to make, and it involved skimming fat off of vodka. It takes, I think, about a month to it make It was a long time. Vodka. Like, it takes a yeah. while. Wow. Um, the, the bacon one was not bad, but the making of it sounded disgusting. Mm-hmm. Bacon fat, so versatile. You can put um, mashed potatoes. Um, you can put it in the like a jar in the fridge for like whenever you want to use it later. And then you can take it out, heat it up, and then spread it over popcorn with a little bit of sriracha sauce. And then you have spicy bacon popcorn. But you can't because a judge <laughs> ordered part of the sriracha, sriracha factory fan. closed. Yeah. No, I still have some. So okay, that that shit's worth that shit's worth more than gold right now. <laughs> I'm gonna yes. go buy a whole bunch at like Safeway and stock this up is, just in case. <laughs> this is a fact. Uh, a judge in California, the sriracha factory is in a community. I want to say it's Irwindale. I think I think it's that sounds about right. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but uh, the community started complaining because basically the the emanations from this hot sauce factory were like irritating people's eyes and they could smell the hot sauce. It was insane and it was driving them mad. So they managed to get a judge to throw down an injunction and shut down the Sriracha hot sauce yeah. factory. And you're right, that is in Irwindale, California. Just to spite you, Brittany has momentarily stopped speaking and took a selfie of herself well, I was listening and us. To you. That's terrible, Brittany. You but know, you know how much I hate selfies. Also, it's like the light is shining directly on my face, which is like perfect girl selfie, <laughs> you know, because then it blurs out all the features. Were you making a duck face as well? <laughs> oh, I was, and I should do it again. Oh, jeez. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast right now, 
you can go back into the past of Britney's timeline <laughs> and uh, see pictures the... of the fail cupcakes, yeah. um, yep. including without the icing, which, yeah, brace yourself. And uh, you can also see that selfie, which will be up momentarily. Yep. Outstanding. Well, in the past for you, but momentarily for us. Because yes. time travel. Which we are capable of. Through the magic of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I imagine you're going to do uh, some Christmas-themed gastropost missions. Will will you do any stuff over Christmas, or is there going to be a break? Will we? Oh, my gosh. Yes, we will. <laughs> of course. Um, so I can't tell you what the missions are going to be, because it's Fair all enough. very, very top secret. Yes. Um, but do know that we have some really awesome holiday-themed missions coming up for people to do. Um, we've been brainstorming about them for a while, which I, know, I love our brainstorming meetings, because... We have a lot of fun throwing out different ideas and uh, basically just throwing out so many of them because they're all terrible. Really? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we have some really cool holiday ones. So even while you're, um, you know, having Christmas dinner with your family, take some photos of that food. Share with us. This might be this might be what I do this Christmas. That That's going to be my gift to you, Brittany, is for me to become involved in Gastro Post. I appreciate that. Yeah. Also, you, more donuts. Better. More donuts? Yeah, more donuts. Yes. So I brought, uh, last time I was in Calgary, I brought Brittany some Jelly Modern Donuts because she looked after our cat. And uh, you'd never had them before. Have, have you ever had them before? I'm going to say no. Jelly Modern Donuts are only available in Calgary and Toronto, and they are objectively the best donuts on the planet. That is possible. I have yet to find the perfect donut. These are damn near perfect. They're pretty damn good. I've had Krispy Kreme donuts. I've mm. had Tim Hortons donuts. I've had bakery no. donuts. And they're all fine. Handy bakery donuts are actually really good, too. Handy bakery? Yeah, it's on Alberta Avenue. Uh, it's a little Portuguese bakery, I would like to say. Uh, they also have Portuguese tarts, which are, like, the greatest thing ever invented, ever. So, obviously, ever. your involvement in GastroPost has gotten you to sort of know some of these great places in Edmonton. Is that fair? Well, I'd like to say that I knew them before, but now it just gives me more of an excuse to talk about them, which is pretty great. That's awesome. She's al- been allowed to let her inner foodie flourish. Yes, although we don't like to use the word foodie, actually. Why not? We use food lover because a lot of um, people don't like la- being labeled foodies. It's kind of a... Because um, <laughs> foodies are dicks. No, it's like uh, for social media, you never want somebody else to be like, oh, yeah, Scott, he's a guru. Because it's kind of a term that people incorrectly use on some people. Yeah. So I think foodie is the guru of the food community. Interesting. Uh, however, you are actually a foodie. <laughs> Whether you like She's it or not. She's not denying it. I'm we're just going to point that we're out. We're done here. <laughs> Apparently we are. But before we're finished, mm-hmm. we have to do something to Brittany. Something painful. Is it PG? Something perhaps PG. Depends on how you decide to play the game. But Scott, you know what I'm talking about. You're talking you? about the Fast 15. Now, we should point out, Brittany has done the Fast 15. It's true. She did the updated Fast 15 that debuted on our second season, Mm -hmm. because our first season Fast 15 was not good enough. And she missed the first season Fast 15, because Adam made it up on the third episode (laughs) while we were recording. Yes. So I was the first guest, and therefore missed out on the fun. You know, that uh, the, the first fast, fast 15 we ever did, we did with a man who is now the mayor of Edmonton. That's true, Don Iveson. So there you go. A man who broke my heart recently. How so? 
I tweeted at him because, you know, that's how we communicate with our fearless leader. It's Um, really the only way. No one has seen him in person since he took office. People have been using it as like 311. And I'm like, just call 311. Don't just tweet the mayor about this. I saw Kaylin uh, tweet about that today. So I had retweeted that because I was just like, yes, that's bothering me too. Anyway, um, I tweeted at him because that's what I do. And I was like, dear Mayor Don Iverson, now that you're mayor, um, what are the chances of me finally becoming the voice of the LRT? Which is something I've always wanted to do. So I was like 80, 85%. And he responded saying that, first of all, people think it's him. So he's cool at keeping it. Oh. As it is. <laughs> so he broke my heart. Damn. Isn't being the mayor of Edmonton enough, Don Iverson? The answer is no. Apparently not. No. Anyway, we're going to do the Fast 15 with Brittany LeBlanc. We, we didn't really change up any of the questions, if, uh, except, of course, our wild cards. And I'll explain all this to you in a moment because it's been so long. And, and Brittany has grown so much. So much. In fact, I'm going to recommend that you pause this episode. Yes, right now. Go back to... Well, wait till Scott's say, done explaining what Go to back do. to the season two episode with Brittany LeBlanc. Season two, episode one, I think. Uh, that is quite probably correct. And listen to her answers from the Fast 15 there. Yes. Then come back to this episode where you paused it, which would be momentarily, and listen to her answers now just to see how consistent or inconsistent she has been after several years. The only thing that's grown is my hair. It's really sad. Pause now. And you're back. For those of you who don't know how the Fast 15 works, this is how it goes down. We ask all of our guests, except for on the last episode, (laughs) yep, because we fucked that up. We ask all of our guests 15 questions. The first uh, first 13, sorry, are standard questions that everyone gets, and the last two are wildcard questions tailored specifically to you, Brittany LeBlanc. Uh So here we go. The Fast 15 with Brittany LeBlanc, number one, your favorite food. See, now that's hard because I've tried so many new things. Um, my favorite food. I don't know. I'm going to answer um, this for you. Is it hot pot? Oh, my God. It's totally hot pot. Yes. How did I not do that? Yes. Hot pot is the greatest food ever. And where do you usually get it? Uh, the only place to get it in Edmonton is Urban Shabu, which is not factually accurate, but accurate enough for me. Okay. Fair enough. Favorite food is hot pot. What about your favorite color? My favorite color is green. Uh, Mac, PC, or Linux? Um, oh, you know what? Okay, so I have a PC. Uh, I have, yeah, and I, I like it, but I'm starting to become a Mac girl because oh, I have no. a Mac for work now, and it's pretty sweet. So oh. and I really love the keyboard, and so I'm going to say neither. I can't choose between them. Okay. She's going to, therefore, say Linux She's and remain neutral. Brittany I want the penguin. Has selected <laughs> Linux. Dogs or cats? Um, I like both, but I will go with cats because a cat sit all the time. It's true. In fact, after this episode, I will be asking Brittany to cats it for me. And I will say yes. Uh, Coffee or tea? Coffee, all the time. Favorite holiday? Favorite holiday? Um, Oh, man. Maybe Halloween, I think. Fair enough. But if I can, I would say my fake birthday because I have a fake birthday every March 27th. And it's not really a technical holiday, but I think it should be. It's a holiday for her. It is. It is. It counts. A celebration of Britney. She gets to fool everybody. Yeah, it's great. Uh, What about your favorite sport? Doesn't have one. Nope. Um, Video games? That is a sport. Legit. Your your favorite pastime? I would say hanging out with friends. Yay. Yay. Favorite music right now? 
Uh, I'm on a real Lumineers kick. I have been for a while. Um, actually, I think last time I was on, Jess had mentioned Lumineers was her favorite in mm-hmm. her Fast 15. And I think I was not listening to it then, but then I got into them and yeah, I'm like super, super into them. Um, also, all kinds of terrible music like Miley Cyrus because I can't help myself. Hey. Kesha. Yes. Wrecking Ball is a great song ruined by a terrible video. It's true. And if it was any other artist, people would be dying over that song. Totally. Uh, we'll talk about that in another episode. Your favorite movie right now? Hmm. I mean, I'll probably have to go with Die Hard just because I love Die Hard and it's Christmas season coming up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think Die Hard. Far out. What about your favorite video game right now? The Mass Effect Trilogy. For uh-huh, sure. Yes, as, as, as we were talking about before the show. Uh, your, if you could have one superpower... <laughs> What would it be? Instant teleportation. And that answer Bamf. has not changed. Hmm. Um, because I would get so much shit done if I could instant teleport between, like, everywhere. Like, I could leave this podcast and then go get us all delicious ice cream and then come back. Or break into a bank or something. I really wish she had that power right now because ice cream is a win. <laughs> uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. I do not care for Star's War or Trek. Stars Wars or Trek. Stars Wars. Whatever. Correct. Starship uh, Troopers. Now we're on to your wild card <laughs> questions. I will allow that. <laughs> since you've uh, since you've started doing the gastro post thing, what is what's one of the best things you've eaten? Besides yeah. hot pot, obviously. Oh. obviously. Obviously. There's a worse thing that I ate because of hot pot. Ooh, um, maybe, maybe we want to hear that story. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you that story because it's really gross and also kind of interesting. Um, so I went with my friend Matt. He had never been to hot pot, and I like to take people who've never been to hot pot before. And so as we're going, he was being really adventurous with what he was ordering. We had squid. He tried, like, all kinds of different things, and I tried some different things because of that. Um, and finally, we're looking... And he's going through all the different kinds of, like, food that you can get. Like, you can get pork blood, you can get, like, intestine, you can get all these things. And then all of a sudden he's like, pork wiener? And I'm like, huh. And he's like, it's got to be, the, like, a hot dog of some sort, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's got to be. Like, it can't be the other thing. So the food gets there, and we look in this, like, little dish, and it was totally the other thing. <laughs> and we're like, oh, shit. Well, we can't be these ignorant white people who order pork wieners and then, not or like, not eat them. And also, like challenge accepted it's here now mm. so we cooked them and ate them and um they were very porky um like they tasted very much like pork um they were very very chewy and rubbery on the outside but then when you broke through and got to the inside weirdly gritty like oddly oh. oddly gritty oh. and um matt ate them first and so he uh got it between his teeth and it was just oh. not a great experience um i got to the gritty part and was like nope and then i survived it and just swallowed the whole thing because i was like i can't wow um so that was probably the most interesting thing i've had okay recently. that's a, so that is a good that answer be, that'll be my answer um i you know how when uh when someone describes food or your adrenaline starts to rush your mouth waters when Brittany was describing <laughs> that to me, I got the worst, dis- most disgusting feeling in my mouth. I'm really sorry. Anyway, pork. You had, you had the weirdest mouthfeel. I had a pork wiener reaction. Uh, now, do you watch Doctor Who? Yes, I do. Then I would like for you to tell me, in honor of the 50th anniversary show that was on a couple weeks ago. Which I saw in theater. Ooh. Nerd. Who is your favorite doctor? Oh, my God. Without a doubt, David Tennant. Really? Oh, yeah. Hands down. All right. There you go. The Fast 15 with Brittany LeBlanc. Yay. You've completed another Unknown Studio show with us. How does that make you feel? 
Um, I mean, the way that Adam just described the way that he felt with the pork wiener story, I think, I think like that, but all over. Brittany is salivating um. everywhere. She, <laughs> she's, she's basically just sweating, I think, just is what you're profusely. describing. It's really warm yeah. in here. Um, yeah, no, I feel, I feel honored. Um, I feel like I should get some sort of Wikipedia entry, maybe like a green jacket for being on so many times. Um, yeah, we're our, an award. We will, we will stamp your subway card. Yeah. That's with, the best we can do. With our pork wieners. Can, yeah. can, okay, that, that's, that's the, helpful. That's all. Uh, maybe we can go for hot pot after. Yeah. You can all try the pork wieners. It'll be great. Um, now, how do people get a hold of you if they want to know more about GastroPost? Oh there are so many ways. You can follow GastroPost um, for Alberta. It's GastroPost Yay, GastroPost YYC. Um, that's on Instagram and on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also head to edmonton.gastropost.com or calgary.gastropost.com, depending on which city you're in. Um, for me, you can just go to at Brittle on the interwebs on that's Twitter. B-R-I-T-L for those of you who, for some stupid reason, aren't following her. Who are you? Follow me. It's fun. Uh, sometimes I tweet about pork wieners and sometimes I'll feel cupcakes or cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other times about interesting, relevant it's, things. It's a rich tapestry. It's oh, so rich. Her life is a rich tapestry. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being on the show, Brittany. It is very pleasurable to see you. It's very nice to see you as well. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, Episode 91. Our guest, Brittany LeBlanc. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening. I don't think you used to wear nail polish. Not as much, no. I didn't care for it as much. And then I think it was actually Jay Gray that she wore nail polish so much. And so then I started wearing it. And then uh, now that I'm working with Vicky, she like it has a compel- she has so much nail polish. It's crazy. And so she'll often be like, oh, I already have this color. Here's nail polish. Or we'll go to the store and we'll both buy more nail polish. Anyway. Uh, and then I got my nails did professionally, which is nice. huge. And it's science. It sounds expensive. It is expensive. Could you cupcake me? Yes, please. It's so far, it's so far away. Here's your cupcake and here's your paper towel. Oh, you're the best. Uh, but these are magic nails because when they're warm, they're pink. And when, has the same thing. Yeah, when they're cold, purple. What? Yeah. Color changing nail polish. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Vicky was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she was mad that you found this and she didn't. No, because I like we got done getting our nails done and I'm like we have to go outside and she's like why? I'm like just trust me. And she looks at my nails as they're slowly turning purple and she's like are you dying? And I'm like no, they're science like magic nails. And uh, she was just like of course I take you get your nails done and you do something <laughs> terrible and you have to make it Britney somehow.